Hello. This is the alternate commentary track for the top two fights on UFC 257. Uh, I'm Ed Gallo. I'm here with Shriram Raleigh-Darin. Say hello. Hello. You're looking, you're looking great. You guys don't know. Thank you, you, too. you don't know how great we look because this is just audio because I'm lazy. That's the reason. Uh, we're getting ready for the start of Chandler Hooker. And we got some time. There's doing the intro packages right now. So uh, I thought we could uh, just quickly touch on the fights that have happened thus far. I think the first one was uh, Albazi and uh, Jumagulov. Is that right? Yeah, that one was fun. Um, reliably flyweight fun, at least. Uh, I, Jumagulov did some like fun body hitting, blitzy stuff. But Albazi took over with just pace and uh, Jumagulov having kind of weird ring craft. Yeah, it bothered the, the one thing that bothered me was that Albazi doesn't kick the body, but he's getting open stance a lot and like has a very jabby pressure style and just doesn't seem like a good fit for open stance. But I guess closed stance being jabby and leg kicky would work a lot better. Yeah, that's true. I what, think was I, the, what was the one after that? Uh, it was Movzar and Lentz, where uh, Lentz did a Poirier like guillotines every single second that they were like touching each other. But uh, Musar kind of whooped him after that. Not much to say. Lynch is, like, pretty bad at this point. Yeah, at first I was like, oh, well, first of all, I forgot that uh, it was at 155 and that Ivloyev is a 45er, not, like, barely a 45er, honestly. Yeah. Um, so at first I was like, oh, this is pretty close. And then I realized that it was up a And it was really only Lynch landing things like a little bit in the first round just like before you really knew what kind of combinations he'd be throwing but there wasn't that much variety on it and he figured it out pretty quickly and uh the wrestling was good we have Loyev. um he i think just a built-in issue of his wrestling style is you know bending over a lot with underhooks and you know just you know matching level changes a lot which is good wrestling um but you know for someone that's like super happy to jump on guillotines a little dangerous because Lentz's guillotine is really good and that's why he always does it. Um, and uh, Lentz's guard was pretty good too. Um, he was doing a really good job elevating him with his butterfly hooks and uh, getting over hooks and, and threatening things to try to get, I guess, charged to set up another guillotine. That was the, the issue. His ground game was pretty good, but I think making it all about the guillotine actually limits it because he couldn't finish it on him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, guillotines are, like, the worst soap to be obsessed with because, like, if someone was obsessed with arm triangles, they'd just stay on top. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like sacrificing position. Luckily, Michael Chandler's guillotine, uh, he, he never pulls guard on it. He always hips in and tries to work them over to their back. I think uh, I think Hooker's pretty similar. Pretty similar as well. So. Yeah, actually, I, I think he pulled a guillotine on... Um, Mark Chikese, but he did end up finishing it, so like hard yeah, to say. Right. It was like a power guillotine before he even dropped too, so maybe he just knew. I feel you. I hate these uh these graphics they put on the screen during the walkouts. Uh yeah, those are dumb. Uh, I think I'm a couple seconds behind you, but uh, yeah, super sexy. Uh yeah. Were there any other good fights since we're running out of time? <laughs> uh let's see. Okay, the prelims were Awful. Uh, we saw a new anti-wrestler rise up in Brad Tavares, yeah. the best anti-wrestler in the sport. Um, Marina Rodriguez knocked out Amanda Hibas, but that fight was just kind of like a whole lot of nothing in the guard, and then Rodriguez just hitting Rebus for doing like... I just want to put it on public record that uh, Ryan thinks that Rodriguez might beat Rose Namunas if uh, Rose only strikes with her. I think that's very uh, possible. a pretty high, pretty high praise from Ryan. Well, I mean, I think it's more that like it's it's just a consequence of women's MMA being so like shallow that you could point to a prelim fighter and be like this person would beat the former champion. Yeah, that's a good point as well. You say a prelim fighter, but she is like top ten ish. So yeah, um, that's true. Also, just, like yeah. someone who hasn't really been tested at a high level, and you're just like this person will it has a style advantage and is also like kind of similarly sure. skilled. Uh, Sarukian and and that Frivola had a pretty decent fight until uh. Surukian figured out how he was going to be taking him down and then just controlled him for most of it after that. But there was a lat drop and there was a cool street scramble in the beginning. Lat dropped him. Lat dropped him to not get top control. This is a great separation. So it seems like a huge waste of energy to me, but what do I know? <laughs> that was still cool. And then um, 
I guess on the, on the main card, it's really just been uh, Moradov and, and Sanchez, right? That was, was that the main card? Yeah, that was the main card. That was fine. Nothing yeah, super I mean, great. It was the best fight on the main card so far, unless I'm forgetting some fights that happened. Yeah, I mean, Calderwood Eye was kind of a complete mess, but, you know. There have been three fights in the main card. What was the other one? Uh, Rodriguez Rivas. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Muradov and uh, Sanchez is probably the, I don't know, the highest level fight so far in the main card, which is a terrible thing to say. We were also thinking that uh, Muradov Sanchez was probably one of the highest level unranked middleweight fights we've ever seen, not because they're both really good, just because like Sanchez is a functional striker and like fairly athletic and a wrestler and pretty durable. And Muradov is also athletic and you know, does the punch hard and has a couple of good ideas as a striker and looks like he can also wrestle. So like that makes them should be like top 10-ish tier middleweights, but both. No. <laughs> I mean, we also saw Sanchez. Um, I think he's fixed the issue, but he like gassed out horribly in a couple of his fights. Yeah. That's another thing that he's he clearly a lot worked better. on. And they're getting uh, Dan Hooker Vaselined up right now. Oh, we also forgot Marcin Prachnio's brilliant use of the side teep against Colo Roundtree Jr. <laughs> so what differentiates a sidekick from a side teep? I have no idea. I just I just use it to annoy Ryan when he talks about Muay Thai. But uh, he was kind of using it to enforce the distance a little bit, but Colo Roundtree is also really bad, so there's mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Sometimes Way more jacked, though. Good. He does a couple of good things, and then he's like, back to not being good. You know, he, his issue is getting tired, but his other issue is swinging on everything as hard as he can, like without checking to see if they're going to be there or not. And I think those two things might be related, possibly. Somewhat. Could be connected. So not the best night of MMA thus far. Some some fights that I enjoyed. Some cool stuff happened. Uh, Real before. fight night Romania energy. Yeah, the first... <laughs> The first few fights were, were fun and it's kind of been a drag. Uh, but yeah, this this fight is uh, very consequential. So, uh, and it's like, it feels very dangerous. It feels like there's a lot of danger. The main event too. These are two very violent feeling fights. So uh, I'm nervous. I mean, I don't really have like a person I'm rooting for per se in this fight. I'm just expecting it to be fun, but also like if Hooker just beats him really simply, then it would kind of suck. Yeah. Want to see yeah. what Chandler can do? I'm I'm rooting for Chandler one because I like him as a fighter. I think he's a cool fighter, and he's gotten cooler as a fighter progressively, which is a thing a lot of people don't recognize. They think he's like been on a downslide for five years, but now he's actually gotten a lot better um, with with Hooft. Um, they're finally Who coming to their own together, and uh, I think having Usman there is has been great for him. Like Usman reaching the level that he has, and the other reason I want. Chandler to win is because of just like to contributing to the discussion of people from outside the UFC being good um, and Chandler being good and like Will Brooks used to have been good and Eddie Alvarez and just like legitimizing yeah. the or lightweights really. Um, you know what I mean? So I, I think just a, a win would be helpful so people won't say oh overrated and you know it would suck because even if he does lose, like, then you might still be able to say, like, well, what if it was a couple of years ago when he's, you know, still a bit more durable? Like, right before people knocked him out, it would have probably been a good time to do it. Yeah. On the other hand, durability has never been a problem for Dan Hooker. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think he's probably on the so downslide pretty soon. Dan Hooker? I don't know. We, I always think that because someone takes, like, a shit ton of damage. But then you look back on the careers of guys who, like, faded their durability and like they lost their chins it took a bunch of beat downs before it actually started to, to set in you know what i mean yeah that's true i mean he did have like a little stretch in between where he didn't take a ton of damage between like aya quinta and vic i think and then barboza was like mostly his body but also his head a lot uh, all right so the fight started to... here uh on my clock it's 50 when i just said that okay, it hasn't started yet so i'm like a good bit behind you oh geez uh, yeah, yeah it just started maybe uh, Chandler pressuring him hard, which is what I expected. Very bouncy. Hooker fainting some, some kicks on the outside. So I'm interested to see what uh, what the strike selection is for Chandler, how he's going to pressure him. 
and also for hooker but hooker basically is just the same things so <laughs> i guess i'm not that, <laughs> not yeah, that hooker curious. does the jab and the leg kick and chandler already tried to catch a leg kick which yeah. is they're uh they're in the close dance matchup right now and i think that actually is worse for chandler because uh, all his good weapons are uh you know rear rear straight yeah. and rear kick hooker kicking the leg pretty committedly early in the fight mm-hmm and if we remember, Brent Primus did uh, dead his leg with, with the calf kicks. And he does okay. take a very wide stance. So it's like, I feel like maybe having a lot of weight in your leg contributes to that. Yeah, I like how Hooker's going inside and outside. He's like switching stances with the first one to, to access and only being in open stance for a little bit of time. But it's also, I think Chandler's not really trying to pressure him to the fence just yet. Yeah. Kind of just letting Hooker circle around him. I think that's probably smart <laughs> just to yeah. not to rush in and figure out what he's doing his timing and set up some other looks. He has a, he has chance levels for a one, two to the body uh, already. So that's kind of one of the things I was worried about. It's a good thing that he does. I like that he does it, but just in this matchup, it's a really scary thing to do. Yeah. That's a setup you've pointed out before right, where he goes to the body a couple of times and then changes. Into the yeah. Double. Shoots the single or the double. Oh, he's walking him down now. He just, just hit him with the right hand. On nice. the cage. Oh, he just teethed him into the cage. <laughs> That's just sick. Yeah, I, uh, I talked about Chandler's hit, kicking game in the, uh, the breakdown, but I think that could be something that people are underestimating that could really make a difference in this fight because Hooker's not good with kicking. With being yeah, I like the body work in general from Chandler. Mm-hmm. Oh, the- oh, my God. <laughs> he went he went body straight and came up with a left hook and tagged him and he's gonna finish him he's gonna nice. finish him oh my god oh shit oh my god he does a backflip yes dude. oh no oh my god that's best case Very scenario nice. that's best case scenario he knocked out dan hooker wow wow cool very okay. cool oh i'm i'm feeling good that's great <laughs> that's nice. what i wanted yeah hell yeah yeah, and uh, and now I am ready to be a fan of Dan Hooker because there aren't really many lightweights that I like that much that he could beat now. So, you know, he's no emotional trauma with him in the future. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been, like, for me, Dan Hooker's issue has always been defensive. And, uh, you know, he's like, he has some fun offensive things. So hopefully he can fight down a little bit and get some work done on those guys. That was awesome. Yeah, that was great. Although... Awesome. Uh, I mean, either Chandler's like a genuinely thunderous Poirier tier puncher or Hooker is kind of starting to slip a bit. Yeah, so you, you predicted perhaps. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Like perhaps. An I'm not going to say it yet because I think Chandler is a genuinely thunderous puncher. Like if someone like that catches you off guard, it's crazy. But And that was a very well set up shot. We saw the body straight a couple times. and He just, you know, added on the thing that you need. I, uh... Obviously, now this is going on the podcasting platforms. This isn't Patreon exclusive because I want oh, everyone yeah. to share my joy. <laughs> that was that was a nice setup, and he he set it up by going to the body a bunch of times. That long, you're straight to the body, and the knee was not a factor. So the so good thing that I like that he does that I was worried about because it's dangerous did not end up being dangerous at all, and it just ended up being a good thing. And that's a best case scenario. <laughs> Very nice. And the backflip was nice too. <laughs> Huge Gaethje energy. Oh Only, my god, you know, such Gaethje energy for uh, UFC debut knockout as a other organizational champ at lightweight, then do a backflip off the cage. That's, Only Michael Johnson is better than Hooker, but you know. That's, yeah, he is. I have to say that. <laughs> he was. Gave him a tougher fight, too. That was pretty one-sided. Yeah, that was crazy. That was pretty one-sided. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, I'm, lo- I'm loving uh, Thank you. Thank you to... Uh, to Jack P. Forstan, thank you to Grand Moff Larkin, thank you to uh, to uh, Smesh, you know, everyone congratulating me on uh, Michael Chandler's victory. Of course, thank you to, to the boys and, and to Hacks uh, and Simon and to everyone else who believed in me. <laughs> Deceptively, Hacks is one of the boys. Hacks is uh, like Fanyo youth energy where like he could be 20 years younger than he is. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. I won't be that depressed if, uh, if the oh, main we'll event doesn't that. go so well. <laughs> uh, Haxerai says, local chin bully gets athleted 
when it finally goes. News at 11. <laughs> athleted, athleted. I don't know how to say it. I would athlete say athlete and, and yeeted together. You get it. But also, it wasn't really like an athlete. Thing. I mean, it kind of was. The knockout was, but the setup wasn't. Cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah, so I guess we should talk about the main event. Or should we talk about who should Chandler fight next? Uh, I mean, I guess loser of McGregor Poirier is like the easy answer. Um, yeah, well, available. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind a title shot. I mean, that wouldn't be off, but I mean, uh, I wouldn't hate it, but also it's like Hooker, so. And like, you know, there's Oliveira out there. I wouldn't I mean, if it's tied up, Oliveira deserves a title shot, like next. But if it's all tied up, it's not a fight that I'd hate from like a, um, just a fight perspective. You know what I mean? Yes. I do. I do know. Um, I would rather that he fight Dustin Poirier than Connor for winning reasons and also for two fighters I like fighting for the title. Uh, those are my reasons. Also, they might like do something stupid, like give someone dumb a title shot and then do like Chandler Oliveira or Chandler Gaethje. I mean, it, would, it wouldn't be that crazy just give Gaethje the title shot and then to do Chandler Oliveira, but I don't want that. <laughs> give Max Holloway the title shot. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Cool. All right, so Chandler's leaving the cage. Good fight. Fun stuff. I think that's uh, Kami Barzini in his corner who uh, should should be a very controversial figure in South Florida MMA because he was the wrestling coach at ATT and then he left and now he's at not Black Zillions, Sanford MMA. And they're, they're rival gyms, sure you're wrong. It's big drama. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, reality show level things. It is, that's why they had a reality show with the ATT. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot that was a season of The Black Ultimate Zillions. Fighter, right? Yeah, it was, it was, it was good. It was yeah. good. I, I enjoyed it. Was um, that the one Usman was on? Yes. Okay, thank God I got it. Uh, did Chandler use the same exact combo on Hooker that Hooker did on James Vick? On James Vick? I think with Vick, Hooker fainted the right and went into the left hand. He didn't go body left. He just went. But he did do that a bunch of times to left. Poirier. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Um, but yeah. I wonder what Hooker was looking for to fire off the knee, like what didn't happen, or I guess I just haven't like studied how he knees before, so maybe he's just not that good at it. <laughs> it's more like, okay, Ross Pearson, you're going to duck forward every time I do anything. I got you. <laughs> and I mean, he's like, the knee has always been a little bit more reliable in terms of like a landing weapon when he had guys up against the fence. That's how he knocked out Jim Miller. And how he uh, got Poirier a couple times to like stand him up and start infighting. And that's how he stood up Gilbert Burns. So it's not really like a big counter threat generally, but it was just like enough there that it was like dangerous to do. Dan Mack is coming coming at me about Michael Chandler being 5'7. You listen here, Dan. It's the height of Kings. That is the best height. Ask Soup Enjoyer if you want to know what the best height is telling her i'm alerting her sending out the soup signal they're doing the uh, looks like they're doing the intro package for no they're not they are it's a what? commercial it's a commercial for it's an intro package why is it a commercial and an intro package wow crack streams is dead for me what did those two things have to do with each other Um, silence. Some dead air right here. Yeah, I'm still trying to get the stream back up, and it is not working. Mine's going, going good. There wasn't really anything to break down other than movie trailers, and uh, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cool. Stay positive. Yeah. So Conor McGregor physically is looking pretty good, but remember before the Amanda Nunes fight when Ronda got like really lean and was like looking super ripped? Oh yeah. And she like didn't know how to fight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had my worries on Conor specifically because a lot of his game, like not a lot of his game, but like a lot of his advantage is starting as quick as he does. Yeah. So if he's like, it's kind of like, if he doesn't start that quick, it's, it kind of pinches his effective window between that and uh, how long his cardio lasts is generally. Yeah. I think he's, uh, he's pouring all of his energy into that style. And that's why he got super jacked. He's like, I just need to be as explosive and as dangerous in that beginning part as possible. And I can just get everyone out of there. I'm like, that's probably true, but it could definitely backfire. And I hope it does. He's <laughs> trying to get Paulo Costa up. All right, this is the intro package. <sighs> See if Crackstream says alive again. I hope this fight is a sloppy mess. Yeah, I mean, not just not just because I'm rooting for Dustin. I just like it when Conor McGregor is like in a war, and you're like, hmm. I like watching Conor McGregor get hit. Yes, he deserves all of it. But also, everyone asks like, is acting like he's super clean, and like the guy got pushed around by Nate Diaz for the better part of five rounds. Like, had a very very tough time with Nate Diaz. And I know that yeah, I mean, Diaz is a 300-pound sumo wrestler, but, you know, <laughs> RDA didn't have any trouble with Nate Diaz. That's because RDA is the best ever. That's true. Time. Michael Johnson did have trouble with Nate Diaz. Uh, no. Although, if you consider this, Michael Johnson made it through three rounds with Nate Diaz the first time. And Connor didn't. <laughs> Connor did not. That's funny. And, and I think I've, MJB Poirier quicker. I think the uh, that rematch Nate is a better fighter than the first Connor fight Nate, but I think that Michael Johnson Nate is also a better fighter than first Connor fight Nate. Yeah. Are you trying to figure out what I just said? Yeah, that's a math. Uh, the, I don't the, really have enough information on what Nate does generally, but like here are my rankings of... of how good Nate Diaz was in those fights. He was the best in the Connor rematch. He was the second best in the Michael Johnson fight, and he was the worst of those three fights the first time he fought Connor. Sounds fine. I mean, I don't. I think Nate's like apart from like the um, the Pettis Mousevitol stretch where he just looked like completely irreparably shot at some points on the feet. Yes. I think he's kind of just stayed pretty similar to who he is for a long time. Yeah, I don't think he's like growing as a fighter. I just think it's about like him showing up in shape. Yeah. having trained normally <laughs> yeah that's true well yeah i mean like the rda fight was awful for that right yeah even Should when he's like, like out of shape everyone's like oh his cardio is great and like yeah his cardio is great but he's like not physically ready to do things either so like he doesn't get tired but he does just get beat up the whole time whereas like when he's actually looks like he's been training hard and is pretty lean like you, you can tell he's you know more prepared for a fight so i think that that's usually the differentiator except for now that he's like kind of shot yeah. But oh no, he'd be a hard fight for Gaethje, says people. Definitely would. I mean, how does Gaethje win? Can't can't hurt him. He's unknockoutable. Exactly. Never mind the times that it happened. <laughs> it's never happened. That's why we're not minding. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. And his leg definitely isn't kickable because if you remember, he did check one kick against <laughs> Anthony Pettis, so... It's not, it's not an option to kick his leg anymore. He checks them now. You're all screwed. <laughs> Did you get your stream back up? Nope. Uh, let's try something else. Also, people listening to this, if, uh, you know, if you would like to watch the fights along with us, there's not going to be a version that we're going to put out, but just hit us up and we'll send you a cool website that Sriram showed me where you can watch the fights like the day after. So uh, and pretty good quality. So, you know, always yeah, that's how I make up for not being able to watch live whatsoever. Connor walking out shirtless. Uh, that's a good sign, I guess. Yeah, I think they should all do that. Like, why bother yeah. wearing a shirt on the way out and you just have to take it off in two minutes? 
That's true. I mean, they should, they should at least throw it into the crowd. That's one thing that they're going to do. Just That's leaving good. it with their team. That's good. They just leave it in the back. No, they have to pay for that gear for um, and then Reebok doesn't give them new stuff if they get if they lose it. They have to oh, <laughs> they have to hang on to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Bald Connor is the move. It uh makes him look older. Yeah, I've never thought Bald Connor was a move. He looked best uh, with the the one eighty nine hair. Is that the Aldo fight? Uh, homeless man Connor Mendez. Uh, you, you like that one the best? Yeah, that one was the best one. I thought he physically looked the best in the Aldo fight. Yeah, I also I'm, liked his strategy the, the most in that fight, but you only got like ten seconds of it. Oh like, gosh, shit! I wanted to see more of that. <laughs> it would have been cool to see how Aldo tried to deal with it as well, because it's like very, very different than how people normally fight him. Yeah. And even unconscious Aldo landed a punch. Imagine what conscious Aldo does. It did land. About to get in the cage. Did Connor walk out first? Yeah, Connor's blue corner. So yeah. That's interesting. What's that I mean, based I think on he's, ranking? Yeah, he's like number four and Corey is number two. This is humble Connor, so he's okay with being ranked number four. He's not going to complain about it. He's like, that's fine. He's going to complain humble. about it if he loses. So I'm a good guy. Like... <laughs> Got to rehabilitate his image, you know, because of the crimes. Very true. <laughs> But we don't mention those. It'd the be funny if they were like, talking about him rehabilitating his image in like the intros and stuff like that, and you know to promote the fight. But then they didn't mention from what. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Jones stuff, where they're yes. like, "He's committed a lot of crimes." Yeah, he's had he's had some ups and downs. Like, what were the downs? Tell us. <laughs> he was a wild kid, <laughs> full of youth. Oh, jeez. But now he's matured. It's like Greg Hardy. <laughs> He's redeeming himself. Yeah, for what? <laughs> Say it. They never do. Oh, I was looking to see if Connor was going to trip over the cord. The microphone. Or is it for the cameras? It's for the cameras. Why would the microphone not be wireless? I'm sorry. I'm tired. Seems like an extra long shot of Connor shadowboxing in the cage before Dustin walks out. It's been a long uh, one. Thankful for that because all the streams are dead. Really? Crack streams are still working for me. That's weird. You're doing .is, right? Yeah, I think it might just be that there's too much traffic, so let won't let other people in. Hmm. I see. That's a pain. I thought mine froze too, but it was just the arena being quiet. <laughs> T minus two hours until Ed fully convinces himself Chandler beats Khabib. Are you going to do that? That's from Simon. Well, if he read my article, he would know I already <laughs> did that. <laughs> fully deserved. The unaware wrote two articles about Michael Chandler before the Gaethje Khabib fight because he was supposed to be the alternative. One of them pulled out. Just the way this year, that last year went, rather, you know, I figured one of them was going to pull out. So. <laughs> I said about his defensive wrestling for the Khabib matchup and his offensive wrestling for the uh, Gaethje fight. And uh, I think his defensive wrestling is actually better than his offensive wrestling for MMA. So I think he would be a hard fight for Khabib until he gassed. Oh, yeah, that was... He, he would ungas after, but it would be too late by the time that he gassed for a little bit. He would ungas after the fight? Yeah, how Dustin some no not at, during the fight. Yeah, how Dustin sometimes <laughs> gets tired, but then he gets the second wind, and then he doesn't oh, yeah. get tired again. It's like that with Chandler. He needs to get tired before he can figure out how to not be tired anymore. It's perfectly logical. It is, like truly. All all my runners out there, you know what I'm talking about. You understand? I've your, run before. But your weird cardio running. thresholds <laughs> don't make any fucking sense. Oh no, I swore. That's fine. All right, Dustin's uh, in the prep in the prep zone. Okay, yeah. Even if I find one, I'm probably going to be like hopelessly behind. Oh, but... I'll tell you exactly what's happening. Thank you, sir. Okay, yeah, I'm got it. But I am hopelessly behind. Yes, Corey is just walking out. Yeah, I Wish just went into my for... history. I wish it worked if I could pause it and then 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And we could and this thing has together. a loud chat room. We're together anyway. That's true. At least once like the fight is a minute or two in, we'll both be able to talk about the fight. <laughs> yeah, I'll speak in the future. It's worth it. I'll just keep looking to see if Crackstream sucks me in, but it's a this uh, close to the fight. It's a choose your own adventure podcast. You know, we'll each say what time we're at in each round, and then you can choose who mm-hmm. whose uh, commentary you want to follow. <laughs> Is Joey Burrow Joe Burrow the quarterback? I didn't know he called himself Joey. He seems like a very serious man, not like a guy that calls himself Joey. Oh, yeah, they're, they're putting a bunch of football players' tweets on the screen. That was kind of Murray after that. Then it is. Pretty sure Joe Burrow is like a sociopath. They, uh, during the, um, the NFL draft, he was the, the first pick. And, you know, they, they have like you know, a video on them in their houses, like with their families waiting to hear. And he didn't react at all. <laughs> His face didn't change. And I was like, oh, okay. Seem interesting. Very normal, well-adjusted human being. I mean, it's confident. True. Maybe it's just like he expected it. He wasn't hyped about it. He's like, yep, for sure going to be uh, me. Corey is so wide. It's unbelievable. I, I love his wide body. I want him Ridiculous. to just for the handsome. Yeah, and bald Connor, definitely not the look. I just got to look at him. No. His body looks good. His face does not look good. Yeah, I mean. Conor McGregor, Butterface. Concord McGronkles. <laughs> I think Hax has called him a different name every time he's referred to him this whole week. Something Condor McShake Shack. The only disadvantage of having the sound off is that I don't know how far they in, how far in they are of like in announcing them. Yeah, I mean, I just got the tail of the tape, so I'm very far behind. We'll get there. Oh, We're all gonna make crash. it. Uh, crack streams has made some progress, so I might be back on track relatively soon. But also, it's buffering for a long time. Should we have a Patreon tier that's just buy us? the next pay-per-view that should be a thing <laughs> would we all be able to use the same video though probably not so yes it's not worth it yeah unless you want to buy all of us the pay-per-view every time although anyone who's uh, paid for the patreon i'll let you know that you guys bought me hitman 3 so thank you very much nice <laughs> you got to play it the way they want you to though uh, you got to act in their interests that's, I mean, I've already like, I've pretty much just gone through the Hitman 1 part and uh, it's pretty fun, but also like there's a lot of points where you can just like shoot the guy and run away. Yeah. I think I played Hitman 2, I believe that's the one I played. Oh. Very fun. Good game. Okay, I'm a little bit more ahead now. They're announcing Connor. Yeah, he's, uh, he's in the center of the cage for me right now. Uh, yeah, I'm still a little bit behind there. that, but yeah, he's walking over there right now for me. Cool. All right. You're only like 10, 15 seconds behind them. It's on Dustin now for me. Odds subject change. I see. Like during the fight, they're going to show us the changes or? Connor doing a little bow. Okay. He's humble now. <laughs> covered this. Plus 250 is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I love him. Although gray shorts Poirier is forever the best Poirier. Oh, yeah. I do like blue shorts Poirier, too. Blue shorts Poirier is fine, but it'll also always be associated with the um, with the Khabib loss. Yeah. I don't think black is his color. Black is just too generic for basically anyone. It's just the UFC shorts, like with the, the logos and the colors, black doesn't look that good because everything clashes. Yeah, that's true. I wonder whose idea it was to have red and blue corners, but black and white default shorts. Yeah, I don't like that. All right. That's also why you get, like, if you do it with the nationality. It's, it's about to start for me. 
Okay, I'm gonna shut up with that now. I'll uh, I'll say the time once the, the clock shows up. And then you, I would like you to also say the time when the clock shows up for you. Yeah. Have they touch gloves? They started early. Oh. <laughs> that was awkward. It is Herb Dean. The clock just showed up for me. It's 54 as I'm saying this. Okay. Justin is kicking him already. Okay. And he's also getting hit with left hands already. <laughs> yeah. And he's missing kicks. Okay. Yeah, I just got the first false start. So right. now they've started. He's jabbing with Connor, and uh, Connor missed a pull counter, so that's not bad. And it is closed stance, which uh, it's just two two southpaws, so I guess that makes sense. I mean, it's oh, tough to say. Double, Dustin oh, nice. doubled him in open space. I was talking so much trash about his wrestling. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow, wow. Is Connor flat. Uh, he's on his butt. Oh, okay. And Dustin's going for the leg mount, which I don't think he'll be able to do just because Connor probably prepared for that against Khabib, and Dustin's not as good at it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Connor's trying to get – I mean, his back is on the cage. He just uh, – he has a post, and he's trying to get height. But Dustin's Yeah, I'm impressed. in the same place. I'm at four, 415 now. I'm at 340 – I'm 351. Sorry. Oh, he's been here for a while then. Dustin's got a high body lock, and uh, Connor circles out. But I, uh, I think that's uh, that's definitely going to be a viable strategy moving forward because, uh, I mean, if he's getting it early on Connor, he'll get it later. Um, yeah, once Connor gasses, it's only going to get easier. Yeah, I, I, I hopefully he'll gas. I, I don't think it's possible for him to not. It's not like yeah. he totally falls apart. He just gets worse when he's gas, and it's it's more winnable. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I mean, nice, nice turn. It's tough. It's tough to say that McGregor wasn't expecting wrestling at all. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And now a little part of this is that McGregor got that. Um, that shoulder shot, and he's trying to do it over and over, but Poirier's just moving his head over to the other side because he's not stupid. Yeah, the good thing is that Dustin's gotten hit decently hard a few times already and doesn't look shaken by it, and he's like, okay, I'm in the fight. And his yeah. reactions look pretty sharp, and he uh, he was a little skittish when they first exchanged right in the beginning, but he looks fairly composed now. This is going to be our, um, our commentary bias for Dustin the whole time, so get used yeah. to that. I mean, I, I figured <laughs> mentioning Conor McGregor being a criminal at the beginning kind of keep <laughs> people into that. It's a very anti-Conor podcast. Yeah. We'll or acknowledge Dustin good is the things most pleasant he does because he's good. So, you know, when he does good things, we'll be like, that was, that was good. But we're not going to root for him. Just understand that. <laughs> I mean, Poirier is still kind of working on him against the fence for me nice. in the 245. Connor got a underhook and wrist and turned him for me, and you now he's shoulder striking him again. It's a 218. As I said that. Is Connor really trying to build the 2020s off those shoulder strikes? Um, yeah. Yeah. I That's think pretty um, it makes sense, not just as a strike, but also just for like positioning because uh, you're going to get hey. them to straighten up and you're going to get their head higher and you can get your head underneath theirs and just good for clinching. He's going to try to help off the break here. Oh, no, he clinched back up. Yeah, Connor's a good clinch fighter. I think uh, it's something we've been saying for a while. Yeah, I know one person who's been saying it quite vociferously. That's where I got it. <laughs> got it from him. There we go. Uh, nice elbow off the break, but at least they're, they're back in space, which isn't, you know, good. <laughs> but yeah, I'd rather watch it's, it. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, I'm fine with Poria grinding him out in the clinch, but it's also not really winning here. So. <laughs> and uh, Connor whiffing is good. And there's a, a, a shifting entry for Dustin that went fine. He ducked off center right away. Oh, Connor. Oh, Connor got that lead uppercut in. Oh, nice. <sighs> yeah, I mean, uh, he doesn't look like prime or anything, but he looks fairly sharp. But also, Dustin's dealing with it pretty well, so I think it's going to be competitive. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of Connor's window to look really, really good. Yeah. And he's looked decent, so like, you know. Connor's throwing him off a lot with his jab. His jab's really uh, messing with him. Oh, nice counter check, right hook. From Dustin Poirier while Connor was throwing. Dan nice. Tom's going to be so happy. <laughs> yeah, that was always a threat for Poirier. As I mentioned, it was his um, his right hand is a little bit more independent. Like we saw with that lead uppercut, McGregor can paste it onto the end of the right hand, of the left hand. Uh, was it ben still... who was talking about the check right hook? Well, either way. I think a lot of us mentioned it. was discussed it. on our panel. <laughs> yeah. We are all very smart. For sure. That's why you're listening. If you're hearing us say this, it's because you know we're very smart. 
McGregor's not yeah. dealing with the kicks awfully either. I get to clear McGregor around, but it was also always going to be. Dustin's fucking with him. <laughs> yeah, the jab, the jab hook on the lead side has been really good for Dustin. Yeah, I, I mean, just, I just saw it makes sense. One. Eddie Alvarez should have done that too. <laughs> so he's approached this fight fairly intelligently, and uh, Connor doesn't look bad. So I think uh, both the expectations that Dustin was going to do something dumb in the beginning and get countered big, and the expectation that Connor would show up and look terrible, both are not true. <laughs> yeah. It's the kind of best case scenario, honestly. Yeah, I mean, this would be a meaningful win for Poirier at the very least, and a meaningful one for Connor for sure. Exactly, exactly. It feels like it means something. And uh, you could probably, I don't know, you could score that round for either one of them, I think. I think the clinch work sways me towards Connor, and the left out, the right uppercut was probably like the biggest individual shot. I think, uh, yeah, actual scoring, Connor dumb judges who think taking him down and holding him down and not hitting him for a decent period of time is means a lot, then I think maybe they could see it for Dustin that way. And obviously I hope they do, but that wouldn't be right. Yeah, I could see <laughs> and I mean, narratively, this is like getting out of round one is kind of where McGregor tends to struggle. So even yeah. if McGregor won, it's not like a moral victory, I guess. Oh, Dustin took out his base with a uh, calf kick. Nice. He's on the fence now, but... Not too bad, not too bad, and he let him off the hook a little bit too. We saw it against Khabib as well that when O'Connor had him against the cage, he let him off. Yeah, I mean, I think that right hook might be oh. making Connor be a bit more cautious on stepping in. Now Connor is low kicking very heavy. Oh, yeah, so he walked right into it. the right hook once again, and I think that's why he let him off the hook there. The kicking battle has been very interesting, and I'm really glad that Dustin's you know at least has one one kick in mind to. Yeah, make things interesting. Yeah, That's what he, he, he got Max away with the another shift there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Dustin's getting countered, but the fact that it's not clearly rocking him immediately is really good. Yeah, it's not catastrophic. No. And, that, like, yeah. the big yeah. committed entries aren't really killing him either. Mm-mm. Yeah, he's moving off of them. So even when he does it, he's trying to get out of the way right away because he knows which counter... Connor's going to want. So as long as he basically ducks and weaves out, he'll be all right. Um, yeah, I mean, we just, well, I just saw him at 404, but uh, Poirier just ducked in off the off his own left hand and McGregor like hit the top of his head, which is like, that's generally been Dustin's defensive idea is don't hit me on the chin, hit me everywhere else. Connor's catching those kicks a decent amount, but I don't think Dustin will stop. Yeah, I mean, Poirier's ring craft is still pretty concerning here. That's something that I think, uh, I think Danny mentioned it a couple of times. I mentioned mm-hmm. it, but also it's like pretty obvious. So I'm not going to take any credit for it, but it's that Poirier kind of concedes the cage when someone wants to pressure and McGregor yeah. is like a very defined, dedicated pressure fighter. Right. But the good thing is that his high guard is working and Connor can't just punch around it. And I think it's because Dustin has the range a little more figured out than he did in the last fight. Mm-hmm. And he actually like moves when people try to hit him. Oh, just got caught straight there. <laughs> but uh, as I was saying that, but I think that's mostly why he's not getting caught too clean. Oh, nice check hook in the exchange and circle out. Now he's got Connor on the cage. Oh, he's teeing off on him. Oh, he's nice. teeing off on him. Oh my God, go body, go body. Oh, huge overhand. Oh my God. Oh my God, he hurt him. Oh, oh he, hurt nice. him. he dropped him. He finished him. Oh, he knocked him out. Oh shit. Oh my God. So nice. Oh my God. Dude, Poor we got it. We got it. We did it. Fourier's the goat. Oh yeah, I just I'm just getting to the flurry. I love Fourier's flurry. They manifested the, the win. That big overhand. Oh no. Bro, I'm two and zero. Let's go. Nice. Let's go. Oh, Connor's. Oh. That was nasty. Fourier's the best. God, Ryan, your negativity did not work. All that negativity for nothing. I think, so what can we take from that? Uh, that Dustin is a really good striker. I agree. <laughs> but I think that uh, the, the right hook and the jab is a, man, is a dynamic yeah. that we all Elite mentioned, I think. This is what yeah. Dan Albert said too. Dan Albert said the thing that Dustin can do to really make it better on the feed for him is use his lead hand a lot and do those yeah. exact things. So shout out Dan Albert for getting that exactly right. 
Yeah, the leg kicks were something that I think a lot of people have in the sphere mentioned, but it's also like something that both worked and didn't, I think. Like Connor was able to catch them and not really like, it wasn't something that Poirier got for free, but it was also, you know. Oh my God, that was so great. That was awesome. Wow, I wanted that so bad. Yeah, that was great. I mean, who has a... Well, we've got a good-looking McGregor, like a perfectly fine-looking McGregor. Yeah, that's, dude, that's an A win. That's A. Yeah. A for sure. We've got Max Holloway. We've got Eddie Alvarez. We've got Justin Gaethje. <laughs> Dear God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, after <laughs> after things uh, wrap up here, let's, let's hop on the list. <laughs> Definitely. Mike Brown is so, so fucking pumped up. Oh, my God. Shit. Are you going to write about that one? Someone, uh, yeah, I think I will. You have to get dibs, dude, because people are going to be writing about yeah. it. You know, I'm going to go get those dibs right now. Dude, we we called this yeah. methodology that when Connor slows down, Dustin will be able to pressure him. He'll get him on the cage, and that's where things can get rough. And that's totally what happened. And we said he'd take him down. So, bam. That was fantastic. Bam, bam. Fight of the year already. Are, just no question. You are so right. We are so right. <laughs> man, I love Poirier's shot selection against the fence. He didn't go to the body like, you know, we probably wanted him to, but man. Played with the um, the narrow and the wide with that overhand. He was throwing straight and drew his guard to the inside. Dropped him with that right hook. Very poetic. Uh, the, the time is now to dig up all the tweets where people doubted yes. us and Absolutely. rub it in their faces. <laughs> we don't get to do it that often, so you gotta, you gotta. I mean, I guess one thing is that McGregor didn't even slow down as dramatically as I expected. Like, he got hurt by that right hook in little, the middle. He only needed a little bit yeah. to, to push his advantage. It's, you know, I think he... Uh, Zane Simon is right. He learned from Max Holloway that volume is the answer to all your problems. And just as soon as you have an advantage, just go fully commit to volume and you're gonna, you'll, you'll kill him. You'll win every fight. <laughs> just, it's insane that he can just throw with that power and still go for five rounds. Like, yeah, he's amazing. Fucking wild. That was awesome. Oh my gosh. Ah, it's nice. It's nice. It's a nice feeling. <laughs> Honestly, Seth put it perfect. Mortal Kombat. That's like the best part of watching Poirier yeah. win is that it always ends with a massive Mortal Kombat combo. <laughs> yes. Very true. Uh, it reminds me of uh, TJ Dillashaw, who is back. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> TJ Dillashaw killing him and Burrell in the rematch with a 32 punch combination. <laughs> I've watched it several times and I've counted, and I don't remember the exact number, but it's over 30. It's like straight. It's like the nastiest combination I've ever seen. Mm hmm. Is that the first time Connor's ever been knocked out? I believe so. Okay. Uh, besides, well, Floyd. Got... besides Floyd. Uh, that doesn't count. Oh, it Floyd didn't knock him out. Early stoppage. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to turn the sound on a little bit so I can hear. Okay, now I'm going to go gloat in my betting discord. Yes. Yes. Go gloat. Oh, Dustin's just using his interview to plug his foundation. Look at this guy. I love him so much. A beautiful man. Freaking Dan Albert, man. Yeah, I mean, the, the lead hand and the um, compressed range of a close stance fight is, I think, kind of the story of this one. Both, uh, I think it's just Corey being a lot more, like the way that they developed it's that Connor was still a very open stancey fighter where Poirier could fight open stance. Obviously he had to, but he developed in a way that was a little bit less reliant on it since that first fight. Now it's that Lawler comparison. Like Lawler mm. he was very good in orthodox southpaw fights, but he was at his best in southpaw southpaw fights. And I think that's kind of the way that Poirier has turned his skill set around. Oh man. I, I feel like that is the, that has never happened to me where uh, we we root for the good guy and it's a it's a rough matchup and we just go do the heart pick and then then it happens you know what I mean yeah but you can and say I, Bisping Rockhold which I think is one for you 
But even if you watch Bisping Rockhold one, it was actually pretty close. It wasn't like, oh my God, Rockhold has this huge advantage. This is one where everyone's like, yeah, this looks bad on paper, but we yeah. like this guy more. But it actually worked out. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I picked Bisping over Rockhold because I would have been like kind of, I would have been embarrassed to do that, no, honestly, either. before the fight. But yeah, this one was just like, you know, you. I think I was kind of wrong in terms of how I saw the fight going in terms of Connor coming back looking awful because he definitely didn't. But man, Poirier just beat a near, a very good looking Connor. Do we get Chandler Poirier? And can, I wouldn't hate it. And Chandler can win that fight. So the possibility of Michael Chandler, UFC champion, is actually very real, which is pretty very cool true. in my opinion. Well, I mean, I like Dustin Moore. But yeah, either one's cool. I, li- I like Chandler has the narrative of if other guys come into the UFC out of other promotions, they can be very good, which is probably more important than just a guy I like winning, all things considered. Oh, Jesus. Two knockouts, too. Oh, yeah. The two fights that mattered. Seth also picked Dustin Poirier, just so everyone can know. That is the full Dustin Poirier. Well, Fenyo did too. So the Dustin Poirier picking troop is actually pretty big. But it's all our work. <laughs> uh, earlier tonight, uh, Zach Makovsky was saying that when he corners Sarah McMahon, uh, she's 3-0. and And I was like, how do, how do you do that? How do you... <laughs> make that happen he's like eh, it might be good advice but i think it's mostly good vibes um so i said okay i'm gonna send all my vibes to dustin Poirier. we'll see what happened I, I was vibing and uh it worked so i think vibes are undefeated absolutely tonight at least vibes so tonight best. yeah <laughs> And of course, the most important thing, Michael Johnson is better than Conor McGregor. <laughs> I think that um, that Conor was like good recent versions of Conor. It wasn't like the best Conor or like that featherweight where he was like really kicky and that was probably better for him. But like for lightweight Conor, that's like what he looks like at lightweight. Yeah. I mean, I think at light, I'm not generally the kind to say that if you move up in weight, you're like suddenly going to lose all your power whatsoever mm-hmm. but lightweights also like the way that weight cutting works is that lightweights tend to be like much bigger than featherweights a lot of the time so like i think it's i think connor would have had to adapt his style for lightweight anyway it's just that eddie alvarez kind of flattered him as good as eddie alvarez is eddie alvarez kind of flattered him stylistically are we doing uh are we doing connor was never good do you want to oh do god <laughs> connor was connor was very very good it's just probably one of the best ever Absolutely. And one of the greatest ever, which is why this is awesome. Yeah, it's just that a lot of guys have to make, a lot of power punchers have to make adjustments when they change up weight classes. And that's something that Connor did. It's just that by definition, the adjustment means that you're not knocking people out as excitingly as you used to. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like the way he adjusted for like his athletic style changing and his, you know, endurance changing and all that. Um, all right, let's hop on the list before we before we wrap it. Yeah. So, at the moment, the list is uh, the greatest fighters of all time according to their wins. So my list is ranking them just based on their wins. At the moment, um, I have Dustin Poirier at number thirteen, which I think is very great, a great very great place to be. Um, he has wins that I consider quality over Joe Duffy, Anthony Pettis, Justin Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez, Max Holloway, and Dan Hooker, uh, and now Conor McGregor. And the, before this, the three that I thought were the best wins were Max Holloway, Eddie Alvarez, and Justin Gaethje, and those are really amazing wins. Um, and Max Holloway is like a high, a high A. Um, Eddie Alvarez is like B plus territory. Justin Gaethje is B plus territory. So very good so far. And he's about to add another, at least Alvarez territory win. I mean, I'd like to go higher yeah. than 90 if that's okay. I'd like to go 91 or 92. 
Yeah, that sounds good to me. I mean, I think like Frankie Edgar against Aldo, those were 90s. So this this should be. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if I think Ed, the Eddie Alvarez who fought Connor in 205 would still struggle very badly with those Connor McGregor. Oh, for sure. I mean, Connor had the same counters prepared for the same things. It's just Dustin did more. He adjusted. You know, he got out of the way of what the counters were because he knew them. And yeah. he, you know, caught him mid combination because he studied his combinations and he knew the distance and he was getting out of the way and he had his adjusting his guard. Um, so I think that's a big difference is before Connor could just walk him down and fire around his guard and Dustin was just standing there. Now he's moving his guard, he's deflecting, he's parrying, he's moving out of the way, he's moving his feet, he's touching a mid combination, circling out like a bunch of, you know, huge adjustments as a, as a striker. Um, I'm just going to say 92 for now, and anyone who disagrees can fight me about it. And uh, sorry, Justin Gaethje, that bumps you out of the top three if Dustin Poirier wins, which I don't think is a position that anyone cares about. (laughs) But I mean, imagine Justin Gaethje not being a top three win on your resume, though. Yeah. So do you agree that Max is a better win than this for for Dustin? Yeah, I would say that. I I think a lot of people would temper it with Max being a featherweight, but also he's like a very, very big featherweight who looked not out of place at lightweight. Yeah. And all his, his skills were there. His attributes were definitely there. It's tough to deny. Let me do some quick math. And by that, I mean I'm pulling up the calculator. <laughs> I don't actually do the math. <laughs> so, 89, 96, 83, 92, divided by 7, I believe. So we've bumped his average quality win to 86. Now he has seven total quality wins. All right, so above him is Joseph Benavides, who I love and has a bunch of quality wins. He has 12. But his highest is Henry Cejudo, which I have a solid B. So he only has Bs, and we have to prioritize. We have to give more weight to really high-value wins. So Dustin Poirier is going to move above Joseph Benavides. I mean, I think that's what makes it kind of tough with like the Benavides and guys who have been around for a long time at a lower level, a yeah. slightly lower level at least. Yeah, barely, barely a lower level, but you know, yeah. lightweight has more guys at that level to beat. You know, flyweight has a guy who's at comparable, you know, DJ being comparable to all those guys and like modern yeah. Suhudo. But you know, there's only a couple of guys, whereas lightweight, there's a bunch to to beat <laughs> to make your name like off. even fig isn't like fig is like an 85 yeah yeah fig's like a, a solid b maybe a high b um so he moves about joseph benavidez next is robbie lawler same thing uh, lawler only has eight he's just uh, his best win hendrix was higher um than joe b is and i thought the rory he beat was very good as well um and the condo he beat was pretty good so i had him pretty high but i'm gonna move above him as well which brings us to frankie edgar is an interesting one uh so frankie has 10 quality wins um his best win is chad mendez which i that's an a level i ranked a, I ranked a 90 just to signify that it's an a um i called his second second bj pen win first bj pen win i think the first bj pen win yeah the first one i called that a b um the second one was not a good bj that makes sense and then uh, maynard i also called a b so i think it makes sense to go above him as well, which brings us to Eddie the second highest ranked lightweight on the list, Eddie Alvarez. So this would be the battle for second greatest lightweight of all time here. Um, we have to consider the head-to-head. Basically two head-to-head, head-to-head wins because uh, the first fight was kind of bullshit, but uh, Dustin was winning. Um, yeah. But yeah, the head-to-head win is a big deal. Um, the average total is better. Uh, Alvarez only has two more wins total. His best win's RDA, which is an A. Uh, the Gaethje he beat was, I would say, a comparable Gaethje to the one Dustin beat. And yeah. he also beat Chandler. And Chandler was really good when he beat him. Um, so that's, that's a B as well. So, I mean, his next highest one under Chandler, I think, is Pat Curran. Looks like Anthony Pettis. Pettis. But that was, but that was not a, yeah. Yeah, that was a robbery, so it's Curran. And um, I think it's pretty clear that Dustin's wins are just better. I'm going to go with Poirier, yeah. yeah. So Especially, like, if it's close, you kind of have to go with the head-to-head, too. So he's definitely not going to pass Khabib, although I think there's an argument. Um, but next we have TJ Dillashaw. 
who doesn't have any A-level wins and he has less total wins. So I'm going to move Definitely. him over to TJ Dillashaw as well. Yeah. Which brings us to Dominic Cruz, who has the TJ Dillashaw win, which is an A, um, and a high B with Faber and a solid B with Joe B. Uh, only seven but also, wins. I think that's a low, got the better resume. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got a lower average. I mean, these are your numbers, so I think people are going to be like, oh, this isn't like, but I, I think the numbers are generally accurate. And you can even go with TJ not being like, I scored that for TJ. And I think that might be coloring my opinion a little bit. Yeah. But that was a very close win. I am going to go ahead and finalize his ranking at number six above Conor McGregor. Yes. Conor McGregor has the Aldo win, which is an amazing win. The Mendez win, also an amazing win. So two B-level wins. And then he has Eddie Alvarez. Um, Dustin Poirier also has Eddie Alvarez. Um, and he has the head-to-head. McGregor, which is at least equivalent to the Mendez win, but it's head-to-head. And uh, the Holloway win, I would say, is, is comparable to the Aldo win. It's not quite the same, but it's close. Um, and then underneath that, um, Connor has the first Dustin win, which doesn't mean as much at this yeah. point, and the Nate Diaz win, which I think maybe I've inflated just to compensate for Connor <laughs> not doing well in it. Um, so I think I think it's pretty clear that yeah, Poirier I mean, has a better resume than him. Yeah, I mean, especially at this point, I think you also kind of have to um, temper for like between um, between Poirier Holloway and McGregor Aldo is that we kind of saw a lot more of Poirier Holloway in that, you know, I think it's kind of weird to because I don't think it changes the number because, you know, Aldo is Aldo and Holloway is Holloway. But also... I was also a lot more convinced of Poirier being better than Holloway than I was of McGregor yeah. being better than Alda. Yeah, that's a good point. If we're talking talk tiebreakers, but I don't even think yeah. we need to go into that. I think just based on the numbers alone, uh, it works. So I'm going to stop him at six because after that, the top five is pretty long, tough. Is longtime defending champions who also have A level wins. Uh, GSP doesn't have A level wins, but he has so many and there's just, you know, he, he has a lot going for him. Yeah. Um, Khabib also has a lot going for him. He has two A-level wins and he has the Poirier win head to head and he has the undefeated thing. Um, and then DJ has basically the same thing that GSP has. Um, but I think his wins are of, of a higher value and Max Holloway has maybe not a long, long title reign, although it's been a decent title reign. Um, but he also has two Aldo wins and uh, yeah. uh, two B wins with uh, Edgar, uh, three B wins with Edgar Ortega and Cater and, uh, and Pettis. I also called a B. And he has a bunch of, he has like Swanson and Oliveira. He has a bunch of good wins. Yeah. The quality is really high. So, and then of course, Aldo's number one. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think he can't break into that tier unless he, honestly, if he beats Chandler and Chandler looks, good and like he beats somebody good in his next fight i i could consider i would consider moving him above gsp which a lot of people wouldn't like um but I mean, just it's just based on the wins system just ranking them on the wins i think i would move him above and you i'm not arguing your criteria i'm saying for this criteria it's just a little thing i do the wins rankings for that he he could he could move above gsp yeah, I mean, from a qualitative perspective, I think Poirier winning an official undisputed belt would help a lot in that conversation. Yes. Like, not really in, in this one, because the win is a win. But also, if you beat Michael Chandler, who looks like at least an 80 from that, from that hooker fight, 80, 85. Like, there are a lot of athletic attributes that help him out there. Um, what do you rate the hooker that Chandler beat? Because consider that I gave 83 for the one that Justin beat. Um, do you do you bump him down for anything in this one? Perhaps Chin. So. <laughs> like I think it's tough to say until we see another one from Hooker to see if it's just Chandler or if it's Hooker. And I don't want to just default to Hooker being bad now because like it, it, that's kind of mean to Chandler just hitting him perfectly while he's circling into it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Um, well, his ring craft also didn't look good. There's that, and uh, yeah. his dealing with kicks didn't look that good, but. But when has it ever been? Yeah, or body striking. But, you know, obviously that was never a thing for him. So 
I'm just going to go a little lower 81 just because it's harder to be convinced that he's the same because it was shorter. Well, it was five rounds versus less than a round. So I'm just going to go 81 just for that. And that actually makes that Chandler's second best win, <laughs> which is a little sad. Nice. 2021. Damn, out of here. Uh, I mean, the Eddie Alvarez win is obviously the best one. Yeah, like, I mean, as much as we want fighters outside the UFC to be really good, it's just Bellator not having super yeah, deep competition generally. Yeah, there's as many good people to beat. So yeah. Chandler's very good. good. Yeah. But it's also, like, a lot of looking at guys he beat who aren't nearly as good. Um, above Chandler is Ortega, and I think he's good. He's good to move above Ortega now, just based on the way I have the setup. They were very close numbers before, and it's very similar now, and I think Chandler being better. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. You know, the the wins I'm more convinced are good. I think is uh, important. And uh, above him is Barrow, and I don't actually know why I had Barrow above Ortega because the numbers aren't as good. So I think the title reign, but I'm not really that yeah, sure about it. But that's not really part of my criteria. It's like more of a tiebreaker than anything. It doesn't really come into play until later. I guess next is Weidman and. Uh, Wyvern is Anderson Silva times two and Machida and uh, Calvin Gaslam. And that's the whole thing. Mm, so I, mean, I think there's an argument to go above him as well. Yeah, I think there's an argument. I'm not super sure about it. I'm not I'm going to put him above Woodley because Woodley's the worst. Yeah, that's the thing is that I have Woodley next. So it's like, yeah. I, I need to rearrange a lot of these because that, that order doesn't really make sense. But yeah. <laughs> I think Chandler has an argument to be above them. What I'm not sure about is the Barboza thing because, no, I am sure about that. These are better. Sorry, Benny. Um, uh, okay, here's what I'm doing. Stipe. I'm just gonna, just, just for funsies, I'm just gonna go below Stipe at 37 because then uh, I don't think he gets past Marais and just symbolically I don't want to move him past Stipe because also Stipe has a fight coming up and you know it would just be good it would be good Very for him true. to have that so yeah Chandler moves up a little bit Dustin moves up a lot um, yeah. from 13 to 6 and uh, cool 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 good night Good night. That was great. Fights there at the end. <laughs> the happiest fight night I can remember. Oh yeah. Started out really badly though. Like really makes it could be sadness that we uh, showed everybody. Yeah. You're so sad. All right. Cool. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, no, that was surprisingly no parentheticals. Connor looked great. Dustin looked great. Fun. What's next? Uh, I believe February 6th, uh, Sanhagen Eggers on that Overeem Volkov, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Overeem Volkov, which is actually Sanhagen Egger. It's yeah. actually Pantoja Kate. I think Benil Daryush is and on that card. Too. CDF. Ooh, we might have to do a longer a longer commentary for that one. That's that's several fights we're interested in. I'm and we can just skip the main that. event too. <laughs> yeah that'd be funny i guess we can't do that uh all right well that's it it's the end goodbye joining us <laughs>